This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Right at Home with Rich and good Saturday afternoon. I am your host, Rich Orris. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm a senior home consultant for Mosby Building Arts and I have just hit the 30-year mark for experience in the remodeling industry, 18 of which have been right here with Mosby. And Mosby Building Arts itself has been designing and remodeling homes in the St. Louis area for well over 70 years. Basically, what that means is together, we have done this wrong and learned from our mistakes more times than most people have probably even done it at all. And, you know, really what that's done is help us come up with the best systems, the best processes, training, everything we need to get it right for you the first time. And the advantage for you today is use me like that free information booth. You can call in. You can ask me any home remodeling questions, thoughts, or ideas that you have. The number you need, 314 314- 241-9797. And don't forget when you call in, leave us your phone number and uh, you'll be eligible for that $25 Stephanie's gift card. And, and I'm talking here full Italian pasta, pizza menu. My personal favorite is the Steph special pizza. Don't miss out on free pizza. Give us a call. The number again, write this down. I'll do it real slow. 314-241-9797. Or if you're far away or out in Illinois, 866-455-9797. I will announce one lucky winner at the end of the show. And also every week, halfway through the show, I'll unveil another ride-at-home hack. I'll give you a little hint for today. I'm going to be talking about popcorn. Now, I'm not talking about your movie theater popcorn. I'm not, not the good stuff. I'm talking about the ugly, outdated ceiling texture popcorn. So keep it tuned right here. You're going to want to hear about that. How can you make that go away? But for now, today, I'll be helping you design away slips and falls in your bathrooms, add color to your kitchen. And if that's not enough, we can also go over maybe why you should have a shower bench in your shower and um, we can talk about some kitchen storage trends that are happening and uh, going on right now. So for the first thing I want to kind of do is get into our last seminar of the year. I want to, I want to keep getting this information out there because it's, it's coming soon and it's the last one we're going to do for this year. We'll, I'm sure we'll have more next year and a great lineup for you, but if you're, you know, topics or bathrooms, we've got a lot of bathrooms going on. So the seminar, it's a bathroom seminar at Top Golf on October 5th. It'll be 10.30 a.m. You can uh, register by email if you uh, email in events at mosby.com, or you can just call our office, 314-909-1800. The doors will open up around 10 a.m., 
Seminar begins promptly at 10.30. We'll have some snacks, refreshments. We'll have some Mosby designers, some Mosby consultants there hanging around. I've been seeing the emails and the list going out of who's all available. It'll be stopping in for it. So we'll have a ton of people there to talk with you, consult with you even afterwards. So we hope to see you there. Get registered and, uh, you know, get some good information on bathrooms. And this does not include any golf. So if you if you want to go attend and maybe play some golf afterwards, I definitely recommend setting up and, and getting a time set and held for yourself um, because on Saturdays it is completely packed there and it's very hard to get a bay to hit golf balls and stuff around. But it'll be a great time. I think everybody will love it. A lot of a lot of great stuff to go over in the bathrooms. We'll have a lot of information for you. You can find out more on our website at callmosby.com, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com. We'll have all this information on there. You can see photos. You can see our team. You can get through everything that we've got going on. Definitely on our website there. Um, so kind of kind of kicking this off we'll start off in the bathroom and let's let's kind of talk about um slips and falls and and things that happen in the bathroom and and we see quite a bit you know we have a lot at mosby building arts we have a lot of great clients repeat clients that do work over and and over again with us multiple multiple jobs so the advantage to us is we kind of get to see we get to see their progression. We get to see them kind of age and how they use the home and really learn from that and maybe get us to start thinking about more stuff up front a little sooner, you know, for, for people and start bringing up conversations of stuff. Because if you think about it, you know, bathrooms are the most dangerous room in the house. There's more accidents in there. Um, and, you know, there's lots of things that can happen in the bathroom. You've got water versus what they try to have like waterproof surfaces so they can get slippery, things can happen. Um, so you really, you, you want to look at how you can reduce the risk of all this stuff going on. Um, if you're thinking about redesigning or remodeling a bathroom, it's the perfect time to start rethinking all of this stuff into that bathroom design. Um, so when you kind of look at how you make it safe efficient in a bathroom, you know, when you kind of put those two things together, they're kind of termed like ergonomic. It's, you know, we're, we call it in our industry accessible or universal design um, when it's intended for the use of multiple generations and ages, and it just kind of works well for everybody. So whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, you know, you can make it function well, and it can make your life easier pretty much for you and for everybody that gets to use it. And if you think about it real quick, you know, what if tomorrow you were to break your leg? All of a sudden, you have the same challenges as an elderly person trying to come in with a walker into a non-accessible bathroom. You know, think about showering, the trouble you might have you know, navigating around, getting in and out, or if you're in a bathtub and you've got a really high lip, um, standing for a long period of time, trying to shower or do something with an injury like that, you know, it all of a sudden you've got the same things. 
And you've got the same, you know, extra equipment to try and get around the room. So you need extra space, crutches, walkers, things like that. How do you get in and out? You know, how do you utilize this space? So this could happen to anybody at any time. And then, you know, you've got this temporary uh, injury that you got to deal with for a while. So wouldn't it be nice if you had already designed you know, some of these things into your bathroom. So it is ready to go. So maybe you already have the comfort height toilet and, you know, you, it makes it easier to, to get up off the toilet than a standard toilet. Um, so just think of all these, you know, kind of new universal things. And it'd be great if they, you know, could make a new kind of universal standard for these kind of options would be really, really nice. And when you think about it, you know, think about like price. A lot of people say, yeah, but, you know, the price of an accessible bathroom and getting things that can work that way absolutely can end up, you know, costing more than the price of a non-accessible bathroom or doing something really, really simple. But, you know, sometimes you got to kind of think about, you know, price versus cost to where if you were to re redo your bathroom and you spent a little less money, but then all of a sudden you needed to redo things. Now you're doing it twice. And it's so much more efficient and effective if you think of these things up front, you know, and consider medical bills, all the things that happen with it. So what what might be the, the cost of this in the end versus the price of it up front? You know, it's it always relates kind of back to, that car story of, you know, you're a teenager, you're like, Hey, I saved a couple thousand dollars. I got enough, I got enough money for a price of a car. I'm going to buy a car. And you don't think about the cost of the car down the road. Well, it's makes so much sense to think about those things all the way up front. Don't do work twice. You know, it could, it can cost you less in the end if you get it right the first time. And you also got to think about, you know, caregivers there's, if you needed help, you know, these bathrooms, the way they're designed, it, it also has to include them and how they can help you out. So, you know, maybe a shower curtain instead of a shower door, because a shower door is, you know, very hard to work around in, in tighter space. And it's hard to get help inside a bathroom when you have a shower door. We take them off all of the time when, you know, someone ends up either had an accident and it now has problems or is aging and kind of now I need help in the shower and stuff. So we find ourselves getting rid of these doors, you know, later on. So think about where grab bars would go, you know, all sorts of things, walk in shower, the lower the threshold, the better. So in your bathroom designs, think of these things up front and we're, uh, I think what we'll do is we'll get to our first break here. I'm running a little long winded here, but it's, it's, it's a subject that touches home really hard. So, Stay tuned. Um, we've got Karen on the line. We'll get to that uh, when we return. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Running through it, having a great time. Got a lot of information for you today, but um, our call screen isn't upright that I'm normally looking at. So I, I got to look down at the phone. So I noticed Karen on there kind of late. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to Karen. Hopefully she didn't hold too long. Karen, are you with us? I am. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I don't have really any information, but uh, what uh, you can just let me know what you have going on. Thanks for calling. Sure. Okay. So our subdivision, we've had new people move in. They built their house 
And, of course, the builder was supposed to lay side and finish up all the loose ends. And they have been in their home since April. The builder has done this to numerous people in our subdivision. Builder has not made good on finishing. These people have called their office repeatedly, and the office won't even return their call. And they're wondering how to go about getting them to follow up. Wow, that's... uh... That's a pretty good question because it's really, in the end, it's going to come down to, um, you know, what's in the contract and the agreement. How is it really called out and, and spelled out? Um, and sometimes those on new homes and stuff like that is pretty simple stuff as far as some of that wording. So it, it also depends on, you know, uh, people's version of like what finish means and what different things mean. Um, so it can become a horrible argument that can be really hard for a homeowner to win because, you know, when, when you sign construction agreements and stuff like this, one of the, you know, one of the things I've heard about our, you know, kind of terms and agreements sometimes is every now and then someone will read it all and everything go, wow, that's kind of, kind of feels one-sided to me. And I'm like, well, but our construction attorney wrote it, you know? So it's, yeah, it's meant to define and and get everything clear out there. But yeah, exactly. It's, so it's, gosh, this could be really, really tough. And probably your biggest thing is just to really start um, trying to make it as public as possible with um, reviews, the news, you know, Google yeah. reviews, uh, you know, get anything out there social media-wise and yeah. just really go at them publicly is probably the best way because if they're a big, reputable builder that's going to kind of, I guess I use reputable kind of loosely there, but if they're if they're planning on being around for a while, they're going to worry about that more than almost anything. Right. Now, are there some builders that went out of business? Would it be an issue of that possibly, where they went out of business, skipped town, and there's no tracking them down? Well, if they did, then yeah, that makes it even tougher that you know um, it, it, to get anything because once they kind of go out of business, you're you're kind of out of luck, you know. Okay. So that if yeah, if they're gone or out of business, then you're really, you know, just probably going to be stuck with finishing stuff yourself to get through it okay because i've heard this builder's name for years and i don't think they're out of business okay so i i had told these people to to go to the media facebook i said even call elliot davis maybe oh yeah oh yeah they love that stuff that's exactly honestly where i would take it better business bureau would be you know another good one to just put some complaints in there because a lot of people, you know, will check the Better Business Bureau and the Better Business Bureau will follow up from their end also, you know, to try and get some answers and replies and doesn't mean they're gonna, but at least it's another person poking at them. So I'd go those routes, you know, BBB and public as you can get. Okay. And I apologize. I don't usually listen at this hour of the day. What is your name again? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My name's Rich. Rich. Okay. So I'm going to pass that on to, to these folks and tell them that you were confirming what I had said. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and hey, tell them tune in, you know, 12 to 1 every Saturday. Um, they can call in and ask some questions, um, and hopefully you, you're, you like it and enjoy it. I appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, I really do. Thanks so much. You have a blessed day. No problem. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. See, we do have some first-time listeners out there all the time, and it you know it does for me. It kind of makes it hard to to know sometimes like what to say every time because a lot of people just kind of know things and they've heard the show enough, but then when there's first time people coming in, then they, they don't know if all of a sudden, you know, the producer starts talking all of a sudden, who is that person? Or, you know, he didn't have a guest earlier. And, um, so yeah, no, but it's good, the, the growth and, and I appreciate, uh, you know, Karen tuning in for the first time. And we're going to jump here to, uh, some more stuff here with, uh, actually in the, in the bathrooms here, I want to kind of stick inside the bathroom, um, because we had a we had a conversation a few weeks ago, and I've had a, about two or three different people that had heard, you know, ask me more about it and kind of asked me to explain more that um, about a wall hung toilet because we kind of brought it up in uh, talking about bathrooms a few weeks ago and how it saves some space and it's easier to clean and stuff. And I've had a few people ask me they're like, "Wow, wall hung toilet," you know how does that even work and what does that even really mean and and how does it really save space and it's really i mean it's pretty cool because the the actual toilet bowl mounts to the wall it's almost similar to the old old toilets in the old houses that had like a line coming in with no tank but with those you saw the line you saw the big you know 2 inch pipes and stuff well this one the tank and the line and all that stuff is inside the wall so basically what it does is your your toilet now only sticks off the wall the the length of that bowl. So you've got, you know, it gains you like a foot. You've got all that tank, all that stuff that's now inside the wall and it creates a lot of space and it's off the floor. So kind of like the comfort height toilet, okay? It's it's nice because not only is can you make it a comfort height, but you can make it specific for you to get that because you can set that height. So you can set it wherever you want it. You can clean right underneath it, run a mop under it, and the floor is open underneath it. I mean, it's a really great way to go. It does save some space. The, the warning I would give everybody is, so the way houses are built, generally probably 70% of the time right behind the toilet is where that plumbing stack is. And all of a sudden now you need toilet guts, tank pipes, all this stuff for a a wall hung toilet. So you're going to end up with some stack modifications. This is why a lot of companies tend to avoid them because they're like, it's just a lot of work and it can get expensive, but um, it's a really neat thing to do. It really works well. We can modify that stack around it and everything and make it work out for you. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little work down on the first floor or the basement level to get that stack where we need it and shift it. And 
but but it can it can work it can happen and you will absolutely love it and uh, i hope that kind of helps some people out there that were really curious about you know what that is and and how it is and and look it up online you know you'll see some really cool photos and and maybe see how they work and stuff they're real they're really really nice you'll absolutely enjoy them so um when we come back i will get into my right at home hack and we'll probably grab a couple calls too as we can so stay tuned we'll be right back all right we're back rich or is here right at home with rich and i'm gonna get right into my hack here we got a few calls on the line i want to get to so i want to get through this hack um, as promised right in the center of the show and last week we did a pretty crazy one about uh, all the uses for coca-cola and today, how to remove a popcorn ceiling. Um, it's definitely something that people talk to us about all the time. And of course, these popcorn ceilings, you know, all the rage in the 60s, 70s, you know, even 80s. I remember when one of my best friend, his mom had popcorn ceilings put put on in, in their townhouse they were in. And they actually put the little like sparkles in it. So it was like little sparkly things on the ceiling with the popcorn and everything. And we were like, oh, that's like the coolest thing ever. Well, it's really not the coolest thing ever anymore. We've really grown out of that. And we've learned some of the pains of it, too, of, you know, keeping it clean and collecting dust and cobwebs and, you know, um, patching hard to match when you get roof leaks or something or plumbing leaks and you got to patch stuff or get into it for some reason. And it could definitely be difficult to patch and match and and can for certainly be difficult to remove. Um, but I got a few steps here that could help people out in trying to get through this process. Um, the first and really biggest thing that you need to do when removing popcorn that a lot of people don't know or understand, too, is step one is to test it for asbestos. So... Any house that's like before 1980, uh, even into a little bit, even early 80s, I would still have it tested. I know 78 is the cutoff year, but some of these things, if they were left around or they let them kind of use out their stock, you know, so that people didn't go broke just throwing all their stock away. So it could be into the early 80s easily. Um, but, you know, scrape a, a small section off into a plastic baggie and get it tested and and make sure there's no asbestos in it. If there is, consider either having a professional abatement company take that out for you or cover it up. You can drywall over it. You can do like a tongue and groove ceiling kind of planks over it. There's a lot of different ways you could cover over it, and asbestos is fine if you don't disturb it and you cover right over it. It's not a problem at all. So, but getting into, okay, now there's no asbestos. I want to get this down. Uh, the first thing we recommend is kind of testing out a small area, scrape a small area, see how it works. Try it dry first. If it's not working real well or it's leaving a lot behind, start adding a little bit of a light spray of water mist and kind of get it wet. You can scrape a little more, try another area, maybe a little more water and just try and figure out you know, what's going to work, how much water, or will it work pretty well dry for you and get that plan down. Um, next thing is get all the furniture out that you can. Obviously, this is going to be 
a very big mess. So we advise you prep for that mess. Put down plastic, plastic the walls, tape it to the ceiling line on the wall, cover everything. If you use drop cloths, you want to put plastic on top of those because the water, if you're using water, it'll soak right through the drop cloths. So um, the next thing you want to look at doing is getting all the light fixtures down, ceiling fans down, get them out of your way, um, and just make it wide open and easy to work on. And then you won't get the mess all over those either. And you don't want to spray electrical fixtures with water and stuff if you're kind of doing that. Um, if you have can lights, you want to protect them from the water spray. So you can put some newspaper or rosin paper, kind of crumple it up and push it inside that can light and kind of protect that from any water spray. Make sure the circuits are turned off, obviously. Um, cover any electrical boxes on the ceiling or the wall, you can cover them up with some tape to keep water and stuff out of them. Um, use a pump sprayer to spray the ceiling with the mist because you could do it from the floor and it's got the hose. You can reach up and, you know, um, get get the sections you need wet. We, we definitely recommend working in small sections. So maybe work on a four-by-four-foot area at a time. You don't want to spray too big of an area, then start scraping, and then have it all kind of get dry. So spray a little area, let it set, maybe 10 minutes, soak it up, and start scraping it off. Um, a good tip to prevent gouging of the drywall and everything, the metal scraper you're using, round the corners of your scraper off. You can use like a file or a sander or a, an electric grinder and just round those corners so it's not a sharp corner, and that will help not gouge into the drywall and all of that. Another thing you could do is use a drywall mud pan. It's kind of a rectangular pan that tapers use as they're taping things to store their mud in. It's, you know, it's not very big. It's only about five or six inches deep, about five inches wide, but you can hold that as you're scraping, and let the, most of that debris fall into that, and you can use it to clean off your scraper as you go and keep some of that off of the floor and all of that. And then once you're done scraping, you know, the, the, the hard part is you're not usually done at that point. You usually have, you know, some dings, gouges, stuff to fix. It may not be perfectly flat, so you may need to sand it and or skim coat it with joint compound and then sand it to really get a smooth ceiling. And this may be, as a, as a, you know, adventurous DIY people, this may be the perfect time to say, all right, I'll do this up front. Now I'll get the professionals to come in and smooth it and sand it. And, you know, maybe it saves some cost, but then you get a really good professional-looking ceiling, but you didn't have that expensive professional person spraying water and scraping and taking time to do things that, you know, maybe people really can. So you can kind of split that job in half too and kind of maybe perform it that way if you're not a great drywall taper, you know, type person, which most DIY people really aren't, you know, great at that. So so that is your goal and your steps towards getting rid of those god-awful, ugly popcorn ceilings. I mean, and I'm telling you, there's people out there I've seen, they won't buy a house that has this. You know, they'll they'll skip right through it. You know what? I'm done. Get out. But, you know, it can be done. It can look good. And it can be done, you know, by the owner or, you know, professional services 
like Mosby would absolutely be able to get that done for you. And you can always give us a call for any type of services like this, 314-909-1800. We take care of absolutely everything residential that there is. So um, I hope that was helpful for everybody. And maybe next weekend we'll have a bunch of people uh, calling in, talking about how they're scraping their ceilings and trying to get it off, asking for advice. So uh, real quick before the break, let's jump into one of these calls. Um, hey, you're on the line with Right at Home with Rich. What do you got going for us? What's your name? Uh, my name is Barb. Oh, okay, Barb. How are you doing today? And I'm doing good. good. Uh, we are building a new house, and we're trying to decide on the best flooring because we have animals and we have somebody with a wheelchair. So I was thinking if maybe like the vinyl type, uh-huh. The, you know, the new, the newer kind. And I know some of them scratch more than others. Uh-huh. So we're trying to decide the best kind to use. Yeah, so the luxury vinyl tiles work really well. Um, they're, you know, some of them, I've, I've heard, I haven't seen a lot personally of them wearing that bad. I've uh-huh. heard a little bit online and I've had a people say, yeah, we kind of, have heard how they could wear like this and like that. I haven't experienced a lot of that myself, but they're good, hard, you know, like crushed, compacted vinyl tile material, and they're very smooth, you know, once they go in and they're not very thick. Um, yeah. Another type that would work really well that's kind of in that same kind of category um, is a product called Cortex. Cortex. Uh-huh, I've heard of it, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, very water resistant, um, almost like a vinyl product or whatever, and it's very durable. And the wheelchairs and stuff will roll on it. The the pets will, you know, it'll be slippery yeah, for them, yeah. but it'll it'll hold up to them really well. So I would say any of those kind of vinyl, you know, type products. And and I tell you, there's one product out there that people overlook all the time that has changed over the years that is really, really much, much better nowadays is actually sheet vinyl. Just like the Uh old sheet vinyl that used to rip Uh and tear, and people were like, oh, it's got this crazy sheet vinyl in it. There's some sheet vinyls out there now that are very durable. They have a great look to them. They look like tile and stuff, and it will hold up really well also. So I I would not consider a sheet vinyl in some of these areas. Yeah, Yeah, and some of them I read, like, if, like where there's a patio door or something and the sun comes in, mm-hmm. that sometimes they fade and change color and do things. Do you see that happening? Yeah, uh, I, I do. And that would be a big question for your builder on the doors and windows that are being used. <clears throat> uh-huh. If you have a good quality window and get the UV protection uh-huh. on that glass... Um, it's going to help minimize. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is that and, and make it, you know, a lot, it'll take a lot more years before that stuff starts to happen. And so generally yeah. that happens because of cheap window and doors, builder grade type window and doors is why that yeah. happens. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, All right. Good to know. Okay. Thank you. All right. Hey, you're welcome, Barb. Thanks for calling uh-huh. in and uh, a great question. And uh, hopefully uh, you'll find something really good for you there. And I think we're going to get into our final break here. If everybody else can uh, hold the hold the line through the break, we will take another call or two uh, when we return. Oh man, I love that song. <laughs> I, I, I really do love that one. But hey, we're uh, in our final segment here. This clock is ticking. Like I always say, it just this hour flies by without problems. So I'm gonna jump straight to the phone. See if we can get through this. Hey, you're live with. Uh, with Rich here, uh, what's your name? This is Kim. Hey, Kim, how you doing? What do you got going for us today? Hey, I wanted to comment on um, the caller that called earlier about the sod. Oh yeah, yeah, this yeah the subdivision being built. What it, yeah? What yeah. do you think? Well, um, we have had so much rain this year that um, it affects them being able to harvest the sod. I work part time for a home builder. Oh, and yeah. the way the way they do it is they'll wait until they have a certain number of orders, and then they'll fill a flatbed. You know, they'll harvest the sod, and then they'll fill the flatbed with sod. So they'll wait until they've got multiple orders. Then they'll go out, and then they'll put the sod in everybody's yard. If um, that's the way, uh, and I'm assuming that is the way her, sub, her builder and her subdivision is doing it, then because of the rain, they are probably months behind um because you know it's an order of who who ordered ordered first and so um if they're you know yes it was due in april but like i said they're probably months and months behind and so um it probably would be best if she didn't um, criticize them online because first of all it's not good that they haven't contacted her oh yeah absolutely they're probably getting a whole lot of complaints yeah. And so um, that's most likely why they're not contacting her. If she knows who the sod company is, she can um, maybe contact the sod company directly, find out how far behind they are. And, you know, it, it's all going to depend on how much rain we have this fall, too. Um, we had situations um, with the, the home builder uh, bringing in sod where they would easily be a month or two sometimes almost three months behind. So it's not uncommon. It stinks. It's just that we've had a really, really, really wet uh, spring and summer. Oh, yeah. And there's, you know, it's this whole thing is about communication. You know, if everybody would communicate well, uh, Mm -hmm. that's why we we here at Mosby are so driven on that communication because, yeah, you can cut most of that stuff off because you're, and you're right. Most most of what goes on or goes wrong is people just don't understand, and if right. they're not communicated too well, or they don't, you know, they they, they don't get a good explanation, or or like in that case, no response whatsoever. It's really mm-hmm. not that hard to place a phone call back and say, "Hey, look, we've got twelve houses." We're on wait. We've had all this rain. It's probably going to be a couple months. I had a tree service a couple of years ago that I had a tree fall over. And they told me, they said, well, okay, you're on order. You're, you're, you're going to be, you know, about a week to two weeks, this and that. The, the foreman will call you. He'll 
give you a certain date and really he'll line everything up. And then I never heard anything. Mm-hmm. So, so I called him, you know, one day after about a week and a half. And I said, you know, Hey, I just wanted to check in. Cause you said the foreman would call and, and I wasn't complaining. I was just like, I just want to know it might be another week for all I know. It's fine. You know, it'd be, Oh, we're behind, you know, it's going to be another five or six days. But I just said, you know, just if he could call me and just give me a heads up when he thinks it's going to be. And then he never called and he showed up the next very morning because I guarantee it because they thought it was a complaint. And they were taking my tree out the next morning. They never called to tell me they were on their way. They never, you know what I mean? It's like, you just got to have good communication. If He could have even called and told me another week and a half and I'd have been like, okay, you know, just so I know that you have it and you're, you understand and. And that's really what this industry is missing on my yeah. part and my belief is like, just make the phone call and say, here, this is the truth. This is really what's going on. I had a house, um, a, 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 not this past year, but the year before where, you know, winter was so bad and then spring hit so fast with so much rain and everything. We signed painting the outside of their house in November and we didn't even start painting that thing till like June. But they were well aware of why and what was going on, and the, so they had no complaints, you know. But hey, right, I appreciate right. the call. Uh, we got. Uh, I'm running out of time here. Very good, valid point. Thanks very much, Kim, for bringing that up for everybody. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you listening. And uh, we're out of time here, but I had a I had a blast today, and I can't wait till uh, next Saturday. I talk to everybody, and Karen is the winner of the gift card. And uh, Karen, we'll call you next week and get that out to you. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>